Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Hey, hey, Dave, what's going on? What's up, bitches? Not just uh, editing the Always Sunny episode. Shit. Hey, do I need to write an intro? We can use this babbling. Well, I guess we could, huh? Yeah, because it's like I just did the, I even did the thing and I walked in and the fucking, yeah, okay. Use, okay. The, use the Always Sunny cliche. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Good, that's one less thing on my mind. I, I just hit a guy with my car. <laughs> what? Hello and welcome to another episode of Over Under Fair, the final word in pop culture relevance. I am Dave, your host as ever, and I am joined by producer Roger in studio. Roger, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. Uh, I'm enjoying the less hot weather. It's it's nice that it's broken mm-hmm. a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, regional yes. regional discussion, but you know, Michigan has been hot as fuck for the yeah. past uh, forever, and it's nice to get a little break in that, even even if it's temporary. The summer is not over, but at least today it feels like early summer as opposed to the middle where it's terrible and I sweat waking up and I hate yes. my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear a third voice if, you, if you're paying attention oh, at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that third voice is Devon, host of this, well, one of the hosts of the set piece from Sports Radio Detroit. Devon, how are you? I'm doing all right. Just, uh, just here. Feeling good too. I um, also I feel like there's three big dudes in the room, so they know like humidity is not our friend. It's super important to gauge it when you wake up. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. all right, what level of shirt am I wearing today? Total mm-hmm. sleeveless tank top, small light light yes. breathing T-shirt. Like all of these are things you take into consideration as a large man. Yeah. And today was a sleeveless day, but not terrible. Also, you have to mention do a deodorant check. Yeah, yeah 100 percent. But that's that's a given. Like yeah. I, I know the minute I wake up, it's it's going on. Well, yeah, that's why you gotta have the car deodorant. That's oh yeah, the, that's yeah, the key. that's yeah. solid. Yep, leave one in the trunk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, you are not wrong. All right. Well, Devon, apart from obviously being a smart man, <laughs> is uh, is also the host of uh, one of the shows on Sports Radio Detroit. Uh, Devon, tell us a little bit about your show. Well, basically, we're a soccer podcast. We uh, we cover uh, mostly the Premier League, but we try to touch on everywhere in European soccer as well as some things going stateside. We also um, we're not professionals, so we don't really talk about a lot of tactics or anything. It's more of uh, the outside shit that, that we think is funny. So, like, uh, if somebody's wearing pants that are too tight, someone has a, pa- a poor haircut, someone was bald two weeks ago, <laughs> and now they have a l- a luscious locks of hair, like, that's what we kind of cover. So You guys are out here roasting haircuts on your show? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that, great. It's, it's amazing. Well, that's the thing. European soccer has always kind of – they've been trailblazers. Of oh, abs- no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like they they still were rocking the mullet like not too long ago, and now they've kind of moved back to like this weird like undercut thing and a lot of flair. So that's I think that that's our favorite thing is being able to cover these guys that really know that like, hey, my face is exposed. I'm gonna make money. Yeah, off of this no, face. no, you're right. There's yeah. there's definitely an emphasis on that because mm-hmm. it's so easy it's so easy to market soccer players, you know, mm-hmm. as as international commodities. So I imagine the uh, the image aspect of that is way more important than I'm giving it credit for. So yeah, yeah roast away, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. Not to, and not to mention for a casual soccer fan like myself, just was getting into soccer a little bit. It's an easy enough show where you can digest it and take it away and go. And I, I learned something from it, especially I became a, uh, Wolf, a Wolverhampton, team. a Wolverhampton yeah, Wanderers, yeah. 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 Wanderers yeah. fan now because of it, because it's just, a, it's a very good listen. Uh, honestly, if you're just, if you even like soccer a little bit, but just love the, 
the inside jokes and everything. There's so many jokes to catch on to, so many shirts that can be created. <laughs> it's uh, good stuff. No, and especially this is the last I'll say about this. Um, my, thing, my favorite thing about it is the players because these players have been professionals basically since they were 11 years old. So you got to think about this. this. These are people that have been making money or knowing that they were going to make money since they were 11. So they kind of have the worldview of a 13-year-old boy. Like think about <laughs> that kid from Blank Check. Like that's what like that's what these <laughs> soccer players are, and they're getting paid three hundred thousand dollars a week to like do whatever they want. So like I'm gonna buy a helicopter, a G wagon, and I'm gonna have it create a transformer into it because I can. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like what they do, and we cover that shit. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, but that sounds awesome. Um, so to segue back into us, since that's why we're here, uh, we are gathered here to not talk about soccer. No, but Devon had approached us. And we also approached Devon about a collaboration here over a topic that we could all agree on. And Devon suggested It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It is a show that I have not honestly seen all of. I've watched a whole bunch. I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I want to know specifically before we discuss the show, why this show? Um, I think that this show uh, is, is one of my favorite all-time shows because it's... It's something that's always – it's kind of like an evergreen. It's always funny. You can always kind of like pick up small moments from it. And I just remember being in like a really terrible uh, campus house with my buddies, like living in squalor and being disgusting people at the time and like us kind of like seeing ourselves in these really terrible characters. And it's uh, – I don't know if that's something you want to admit. No, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> like that's – if when you're an, if you're an early 2000s bro like I was, like – you were kind of like you're kind of mixed up in that really kind of disgusting world. So it was kind of just like you could see little pieces of you in these characters and then like seeing realizing that that part of yourself is probably not a good thing. And kind of some people kind Argu- of like arguably no. Yeah, people veer some people veered away from that and some people kind of leaned into that. And I love that. I love that aspect of the show at st- to start. And then now it's going into its 14th season. There hasn't been many sitcoms that have made it that long. No, it is. I believe it is just tied what was it bonanza or something yeah. for like the longest running like television show like season wise anyway because yeah. it, it can't catch it in episodes because all those shows have thousands of episodes yes. but as long as as far as like actual you know running consistently running it's one of the longest tenure tv shows ever now which yeah. is baffling yeah <laughs> i know and think about that yeah especially because the network changes so much it's fx and fxx and then just to find it but you, you speak about what you liked about the show and how you pertain it to your, your, your bro life early on in the early millennium. And that's like all these people, Matt, especially we look at the, the way the characters have developed. Like for example, it, how it pertains to why I thought this would be a good idea is you look at everybody, you know, like look at Mac, Max, the, the that kind of, uh, you know, clo- at first closeted homosexual. Well, don't go, don't get too far into no, character no, 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 portrayals no, no, yet because no, we're going to talk like, about everybody in, in yeah. equal parts. But each one of them, you can pertain to some level of you. You know, somebody like that, very similar. Yeah. Maybe not the worst version of that person, but especially it, it's, it's like a comic book version of people that you already know or yeah. you, could, you could resemble. And and I think that that was cool. And um, we were talking about it before we got on here is. I like that there's been 13, 14 seasons. So now, like, there's, they've been able to kind of like build on these stories and like these characters and the reoccurring characters and create this world where everything is kind of like off kilter, but it's still kind of believable because these are the most disgusting people with an, un, an unnamed budget and they kind of infect everyone t- into becoming worse people. That is the best word to use for that, too. They are, they are viruses. Yes, <laughs> Every as, one of these absolutely. people. Absolutely. 
Not to mention, they bring back people from the past, too. Like, we, we'll talk a little bit. You know, yes, we will. We will. Yeah. Fred Savage. So. Yes, Fred Savage, long-time, <laughs> no, long-working partner. And that's the thing, too, is, like, you had Fred Savage on there. You had, uh, was it, Matt Shackman. A lot of people that have uh-huh. like, gone on to, to direct, like, really, really big stuff in television, and, and they have, they've had long careers, have all had kind of stops in here. So it's almost kind of like this, uh, this shop where, like, where it was, like, a lot of young talent that was like sharpening each other up for like bigger moves. Even the actual cast too, like a Danny DeVito, obviously notwithstanding, mm-hmm. but you know, Caitlin Olson and Charlie day have gone on to have pretty successful runs and other things mm-hmm. and other shows and other movies and stuff. Charlie day is arguably the biggest star on this show. Yeah, like which is crazy by yeah. comparison to everybody else. So, and he starts here re- relatively speaking. So it's, it's really crazy that this show has gone from where it started to where it is, but we will discuss all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, as listeners of the show will probably know, but I will explain it just in case you do not, we tackle this uh, the same way that we try to do all of these things. We're going to break this down into three sections, the over, the under, and the fair. Um, none of these are necessarily bad on the onset. They're more word signifiers for us to be able to talk about some of the topics we use. So we start the show by saying how we feel about it. We're going to talk about all those things broken down. And then at the end, if opinions have changed, we're going to kind of reiterate our stances on it. So heading into it, I guess we can probably start by, you know, saying how we feel about the show, if it's overrated, underrated, or fairly rated. Devon, I feel like you've already stated how you feel about it, but go ahead and say it again just to put a word on it. I appreciate you explaining this to everything because we have uh, a really strong contingent of listeners in Argentina. So when we have like, okay. this crossover, <laughs> okay. we're going to need that intro to understand well, what's Hello, good. Argentina. Yeah, so um, I, I, feel like, I feel like this show is underrated still, even though you get... Still? Yeah, even All though right. you, get, you get 14 seasons... And they've never even been nominated for any any kind of Emmy because wow. it feels like it feels like they're because it's black comedy and because it's kind of like this edgier type. It has show. a cult feel around yeah, it. Like it, it is more it of a cult television show, despite its success. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So I think that's where I feel it, like it's underrated. Um, but it's it's pretty close to fairly rated though. At this point, it's going it's it's going to get that 15th season. They're going to get that record. And the syndication dollars will be oh, flowing yeah, in forever. Yeah, they're already so, ridiculous. Yeah, so. Roger. Before, this is your before opinion. Before we did the show, this is how you came in Before, from. I, I would I would second Devon's uh, underrated because I feel, in a, di- in a different take, too, it's, there's two types of people who, who like the show. There are two types of people with the show. They either like it or they never heard of it. And there's certain people out there, I hate to say it, some people still haven't really heard it. Uh, heard about uh, okay. It. And, and I I'm that, going to disagree with you, but okay. okay well, I'll tell you why when I get to it. Okay. The reason why I, I state that is because if you listen, if you talk to someone's mother or like an older person, they probably heard it as a pop culture reference or anything like that. But if they, have they actually watched the show, no. I mean, I mean, maybe for an older audience, perhaps. That's why I say that because I've, I've, I've talked to, I was talking to my, uh, my, my, uh, my sister's my mother-in-law, my sister's mother-in-law a couple of weeks ago, and I was mentioning uh, she was, we talked about podcasts, whatever, and I was saying, "Oh yeah, I'm doing an episode of Over Sunday." She's like, "What's that?" Mm-hmm. So I think in an older sense, maybe people over the age of forty or fifty, they, they, it had to it be fifty because yeah. people closer to our age are definitely yeah, watching this have, show. Yeah, if you're fifty, it may have missed you because I know maybe like, a slightly because I know that the, a lot of the older people that watch it, they only watch it because like I would just put it on when I was at their house. Cause, like I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm forcing asshole. everybody to watch. Yeah, this I'm show. that asshole. Yeah. Like if you got on demand and like we're sitting here watching like the French Open, <laughs> I'm putting Always Sunny on, and you're gonna watch this episode 
where like where they're where they're racist. I'm sorry. You're sorry, grandma. Man. No one cares about yeah, Clay. Let's no. watch the fucking. Yeah, it's exactly. always sunny. And that's what I mean. Like in terms of like maybe piggybacks on what you're saying. Like it's just a, for a grand pop. Like in terms of the grand overall spectrum of things, it's not. Yeah, it's not two and a half men. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, something like that. Like a CBS safe BS show that puts you to sleep. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Um, all right. Okay, before, Roger. <laughs> so I will say, I know Roger shots fired at CBS, I the most they're... successful company in all of existence. Yo, they're coming How, for you now. Well, man. here's the thing. How was you gonna tell me that Jag was the most number one watch show of all time? <laughs> like, be like, some of the times they state that stuff. I'm like. Who the hell watches Jag or your, who watches your grandparents and their yeah. friends? Like that, they, that's who. Because they don't change the channel because they're too lazy. Effectively, I mean, yes, and they bank on that. Yeah, like they, they they get you there with something and it just stays on. Yeah, exactly. You know? Some people are really want to watch Bull though. Let's be real. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and that that's a discussion for a different podcast. Yeah. But so I will say from the onset, before having and going and doing you know individual independent study, I thought this show was slightly overrated in a way that. Wasn't like I was disparaging the content of the show, I guess, because I do think it's very funny. And I think all the people involved are very funny people. Mm. I just think it was in my, again, from a personal viewing aspect, it was just too much most of the time. It's so shrill and it's so loud and it's so dark. Like, you know, the tone of the show is is such that you have to have like a a certain penchant for like that sort of nihilism and that Mm -hmm. sort of like antipathy where it's just like my god can't anybody just be happy like for five minutes and i know that that's not the point of the show and that's not that's not a failure of the show to do anything for me i respect that no but individually having watched a lot of it like i i I had gotten through about season eight before i kind of stopped watching you know i stayed with the show for years because i did think it's really funny but at a certain point i just kind of got tired of it like it's just so much all the time to be over the head that loud you know and it's this is kind of parroting uh, part of the same reasons that I didn't love Seinfeld. I can't have people yell all the time at me and and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The, the, again, individual choice. But no, absolutely. I get it. That's where we started. I will say things may be different when we finish. But not to not to blow my spot. We'll just say that coming into this, slightly overrated. No, so. I, and I and I uh, I'm perfectly fine with that because I'm a firm believer. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a firm, I'm glad I have your grace. I'm a firm believer in like television. Is uh, there's so many great shows. And everyone's tastes have kind of like changed into this one thing. And I know that like it's it is a dark ass show. And I know that like that's the thing that can there's a need for that. Yeah. Like I I respect that, too. You need you need to have shows like this so that a show like the Big Bang Theory can be good for its audience. Not to shit on CBS again, but, you know, fuck. (laughs) We're coming at it. I like it. It's it's not it's not unnecessary. Like Mm. I actually I love the show that it exists because I want those voices like I want a venue like this to exist for yes. for vo- like this sort of comedic tone but i individually generally speaking don't want to watch it all the time yeah. but then again that's just me maybe so for my clearly in the room for my personal um observation like uh like what's your like what's your favorite like if you could pick your favorite sitcom frazier Frazier, oh yeah, yeah, you're one hundred percent. Nice, I can. So now I, I like because I feel like television. Your favorite shows can kind of like let you know. It's kind of a good icebreaker to kind of know yeah. what kind of like what like what kind of person and what kind of show that you like. What kind of entertainment you like? Yeah, it's just like who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Donatello. Boom. Okay, now and, and so if is, is it starting? Donatello, is it starting to even Frazier, up? Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. I'm a Michelangelo. I'm a Michelangelo prop. Michelangelo Fresh Prince. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Mm-hmm. I would go with. I mean, uh, if for being Quantum Leap Raphael. 
Well, oh, I can tell he. Uh, that's the thinking man's he, choice. And he is there. the he is the spiciest of the three of us. <laughs> everyone, has, I feel like everyone. If you've known Roger for like maybe like ten minutes, you've already seen him yell once. So yeah, I feel like that's a perfect <laughs> not ra- wrong. perfect totally Raphael. Not wrong. Yeah, it's a perfect. Yeah, Raphael. you are Raphael. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that being said, <laughs> you can fucking derail the show twenty minutes. In. Uh, that being said, we'll go in and actually discuss the show at length. So. Uh, the show debuts in what August two thousand five, so you know it's been on for fourteen years now, mm-hmm. um, on FX, which was you know at the time kind of a smaller network, you know relatively speaking to cable. Yeah. Um, it had a development that was a little rocky. Uh, the two, the two people, well, the three people that are generally considered the creators of it are Rob uh, McKelleny, Glenn Howard, and Charlie Day. So Charlie, Glenn, uh, Glenn, sorry, Charlie, Dennis, and Mac, and they you know, develop the show and kind of create the template because they were all three friends struggling to try to make shit in Hollywood or, you know, in acting generally. And they bring this, they have, they shoot a pilot. It's really low budget and it's about kind of them. Like they're actors struggling to try to, you know, to try to make it, make a big break. And the network liked it enough, but they thought that the concept was a little too rote. Like we've done that. We've seen that story. Why don't we move it somewhere else? So, you know, uh, Rob was like, well, why don't we just do it in Philly? That's where I'm from. And, we can have it be set at a bar instead of being set in Hollywood because it sets a nice backdrop and then they'll they'll have an employment base where you can make money but kind of fuck around. So that just left them open to be able to have a bit of latitude to move around that, that premise. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> thank you. Um, so they they have a first season and it's good. Like the, the, the original... The original run of episodes for the show is small because it's like a condensed season. Yeah. And it kind of shows you like where we're going with it. Uh, D was Caitlin Olsen, who plays Sweet D, was a, a last the last person added to the cast before they started initially. And she's no one's developed into what they become. Obviously, it's the first season. Yeah. But it shows, you know, the general idea of what we do with these characters. They're all reprehensible. And that was the goal. And they all, you know, backstab and mistrust each other. And that, again, was by design. And it's. It's funny from the the onset. Like it is a good show. It just doesn't have like it doesn't have a way yet to mm-hmm. get to where it's going. And I think this first season is kind of cool to watch now because it's so weird to see how far it's come, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. As as somebody who has watched the show so frequently, do you watch any of these first season episodes still Devon? All all the time. It's okay. like it's almost like when you like have heard like some like a new artist EP and it's like it, it's raw. It's a little bit underdeveloped. It's low budget, but like you can you can see that there's like there's something there, and you're kind of just and you're just and it's it's nice to see that. Especially um, that's probably Caitlin Olsen. That's like four faces ago for Caitlin Olsen. Like she's had a lot of work done, so it's nice to like <laughs> she's had some. Yeah, it, it's nice to see her kind of like back like back then and see like Charlie and Mac and, and, and just to see like their where their characters start. I think that, I think it is still really funny. The uh, the underage drinking episode is is still. I think it's the best episode of that season. I think, definitely, and I, and I think that's when you know that like the, okay they're they're missing on some of this stuff, but like when it when it hits, it hits. Mm. And I remember just hoping that FX didn't cancel it though. It, so it wasn't like it got close. Yeah, that, and that to move to segue into that, it got very close. the The network execs were okay, but they did not love that the show was very low rated, mm. despite it having like a buzz kind of around it. So they more or less insisted that they had to cast another character to lift the profile of the show. They were very hesitant to do that initially, but came around to the idea and enlisted the help of Danny DeVito, who plays Frank Reynolds, who is Dean Dennis's. We should we'll talk about the characters in just a second. 
So uh, Danny DeVito is added to the show as a paternal sort of figure. And that is really when this show becomes good. Like, I, I don't want to cite him entirely as the reason, but it definitely helped. Like, yeah. the, 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 the difference between season two and season one is great. And then the difference between season three and season two is immense and all for the better. Like, this show really takes off after that. A fun fact about the first season, the original working title of the show was called supposed to be Jerks. <laughs> well, that's so jerks. And also, the writers were offered $500 to come up with a title for the series that the creators like better than Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So and no, never, and nobody won. Yeah, yeah. No, and nobody won. So I think it's a really... It, it's funny we talk about the title for a second. I think that's an incredibly apt title. Like, it's it's a very good way of filtering your expectations like oh it's always sunny in philadelphia kind of portray like in your mind sets like yeah. a tone of like oh this will be like a lighthearted kind of yeah. farcical kind of comedy and it is literally the darkest fucking thing that it could be that's what i that. originally when i first saw that when i first saw the commercial for it like it was season one season two that's what i thought i thought it was gonna be some sort of like just oh you know it's gonna be some cool little fx I mean, fx still had had no identity at the time right yeah, yeah so just, i didn't know what to expect yeah, they were throwing the wallet stuff yeah and yeah. so but my favorite episode of the first season by the way is the not the but they find out that dennis's grandfather's a nazi <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that, that is a, <laughs> and that gets paid off too in, a, in yeah, such a great the, way the payoff is great that is that's, well obviously I, li- I like the show so it's what episode do i not like right <laughs> is are there any we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll save that yeah, for the we'll end save we'll save that, that for a different part mm-hmm. but um keep that in your mind so Let's talk about the characters for a second before we go too far in, because they're going to their their particular personalities and their you know the way they interact with each other is the most important part of the show, like many shows, but specifically this one since we're talking about it, and it's important to try to kind of set a baseline of who we're discussing. So, uh, Dennis Reynolds, uh, we'll just start with Dennis as portrayed by Glenn Howerton, is an extreme narcissist, hypersexual sociopath. I feel like that's probably the best way to describe him. It's interesting, our thing, isn't it? To be in someone's mind, to have complete control. It's like the thrill of being near the executioner's switch, knowing that at any moment you could throw it, but knowing you never will. But you could. Never isn't the right word, because I could. And I might. I probably will. He is constantly on the lurk for, like, to, I mean, straight up molest or harass women. It's kind of like his one giant qualifying character trait. Um, he is uh, D, uh, it's, it's, they're twins. So D and Dennis are brother and sister. And Frank is their legal father, but not actually their father. Something that doesn't come up until, like, midway through the run of the series. But. It's fun that that happens. Uh, but speaking specifically to Dennis, Dennis is like a Dennis is a great like cipher for how the show wants to wants to examine the topics that Dennis kind of leaps onto himself, like specifically the portrayal of women and how women are treated. Like speaking, like in a general sense in the world, you know, like Dennis is the person that we that we see that aspect of, and it is all bad, <laughs> and Dennis is awful, but. Uh, I think Dennis is a really fascinating character. As I'll, I'll let Devon speak more on this because we were talking about this before we started. That Dennis is fascinating in the in the aspect that he is he is viewed, I think, in a way that people don't see the satire of what they are trying to portray through Dennis, but it very much is. And I'll let you talk about that a bit more. Yeah, um, I always liken Dennis to base like Patrick Bateman 
without any of the like with with like twenty five percent of the mental aptitude and like and like a shitty career because he's every <laughs> but but he but deep but inside he he's Patrick Bateman you know Patrick what I mean? Bateman yeah. of course being the the lead character in uh, American Psycho yeah and for I think, anyone who doesn't know and I think that's the thing is just um, my favorite thing about Dennis is just his his self inflated view of himself no matter what he sees and what's happening around him um, and that was always my favorite part about him and it, it's always kind of been. Uh, a, a real microscope to kind of look into like that archetype of the the straight the straight white privileged male archetype and he's always been a really great sounding board and I think Glenn Howerton is so good because he plays it ridiculously straight except for when it's time for him to really get unhinged oh man and he he really can get unhinged <laughs> yeah so that's how you know that he's like and I think that's the worst thing about uh uh Dennis now is because it's kind of almost pigeonholed him into just like no matter what, you see him as Dennis Reynolds because it's 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 so believable. And yeah, he's 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 come to take on that character portrayal in such a believable way that you're like, well, I guess you are that. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to divorce. It's harder for me to divorce him from the rest of the character yeah. portrayals because he really feels like he's living that role. Exactly. It's like when you saw him in Fargo, you're like, what's Dennis doing in Fargo? <laughs> yeah. Or he, there was this movie where he plays like a writer and he, like, it was a movie he did where he was like a happy go lucky guy and mm-hmm. then go in these cafes and he was like typing up stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he, it was hard for me not to go, you're the guy that has a dentist system. Like he yeah, was, yeah, and he yeah. was like, when they said he was trying to be like the gee shucks, like I'm, I'm like he played like the, it was a romantic comedy. I know, I, yeah. I can't. I'm you know what movie losing, I'm about, right? Yeah, I'm losing the name of it right yeah. now. But yeah, that. but it was really, really hard, especially in the last season too. The way he, the way he could take a situation like driving a Prius and make himself go. You know what? I'm driving a Prius. I'm okay with it, and you're gonna be okay with it, and yeah. it makes people accept it. It's, it's. I think of all of the characters, he definitely has the most, he's the most successful at being able to project his, his particular set of needs onto the people that he interacts with. He's very, he's, he has a lot of presence and he has a certain charisma that the other characters do not have. So because of that, he gets to kind of flex a Mm -hmm. lot and to bend things his way. Normally they are, they fail anyway because someone figures it out before it's too late and then it blows up in his face. But occasionally it's successful and some bad shit happens because Dennis is kind of terrible. Absolutely. And that's the thing is everyone knows that person who can shape the world to like match his worldview mm-hmm. no matter where he's around. So it's it's uh, everyone can can kind of see that see that person in Dennis. And it's it's good to see most of the time when that happens, that person ends up being successful no matter what. So it's nice right. to see that it, that it doesn't actually work. Like yeah. That's what the show is trying to tell this you is, is that. Really no, happened. this is yeah. really what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to. To move from Dennis, we'll pivot to Dee, since I mentioned her. So sweet Dee Reynolds, as she is referred to as often on the show. She's hilariously portrayed as, like, the most violent and aggressive person most of the time. Like, her her physical comedy is, like, usually one of her defining attributes. It's it's usually more than the rest of the characters. Like, Charlie's pretty physical, but Dee gets a lot of pratfalls and a lot of, a lot of vicious attacks and things on people. And, like, that's kind of... That's one of her more notable characteristics, that she is typically the most, like, angry person on the show. God damn it! If you don't have car insurance, better have dental because I'm going to smash her teeth into dust! And I think part of that is also because she's the least regarded. Like, nobody ever wants to listen to her ideas. Everybody is constantly shitting on her and, like, pushing her down the ladders of their whatever 
rankings they cook up for whatever thing they have going on. Like D is literally the last person anybody ever wants to listen to. And that, you know, it wouldn't garner like a certain sense of sympathy for her if she also wasn't a complete monster. She's very vain, incredibly self-serving, thinks that everybody is beneath her despite her being beneath everybody. Like that's again, that's how that develops. Um, She's very vain. She wanted to be an actress. Like she's constantly talking about how she wants to break into that. And it does not happen because she is not talented. So that's like another, another excellent beat for her to play. And I think we can talk about it a bit more past the character like development, but I think Caitlin Olson as a, as a performer, best embodies her character on this show personally i love her performance i think she she is so big like the how like her actions and even little things like facial tics and the the way she will say like okay like all of her interactions all the characters are always my favorite because i feel like as a performer caitlin olsen is doing the best job But uh, Sweet D. Oh, yeah, Sweet D. Um, really, I, I think the best thing about D is the fact that, like, they do, they treat her kind of like how most male environments treat women, is they kind of, like, ignore her except for when they need something directly from her. And I feel like she plays off of that, like that. She's never really been accepted by anybody. Even her mother didn't really like her that much. So I think that, like, her always wanting to, like, outshine and show that she's, that she's worth something really lets her uh really lets her flex her 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 acting chops and she's always been really really talented at doing that and, and hilarious her physical comedy is is really on par it's with great. Uh, with with anything anything you can see out there and i think that they really play into that and they really let her like they let her fly uh in, in a lot of the shows so she she is one of my favorites and uh the fact that she's never She's never been able to keep a, a solid relationship down. Really, <laughs> right? It, it really lends to the fact that like lets you like like you want to root for her, but you don't because like she's she's fucking terrible, man. <laughs> she's terrible, and she might be in a group of like a bunch of like ignorant, like slightly racist people. She might be the most racist. It's so pretty it's like, terrible. <laughs> yeah. She has very low lows. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so I think that that I really uh, I really enjoy how she's able to encapsulate that. Especially the evolution when you first see her in the first season where she's hitting on the guy in her acting class who ends mm. up being gay. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> which that was one that cracks me up. But even the way she treats her one female friend, Artemis, mm-hmm. it's that relationship, that to me is one of the, fun, like, I think it's one of those underrated aspects of the show because yes. her and Artemis constantly, like, they, they, they do, like, the stereotype. That is known about women that they, they compete against each other. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, yeah, we're, 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 we're hood, you know, we're, we're um we're together, what have you? Yes. Then Artemis is always looking out for herself just as much as D is. But yeah, she gets the drop on D before D can get the yeah. drop on her. Yeah, exactly. Like, because she's gonna try. Like yeah. she has no loyalty to anybody. None of these characters. Yeah, do. yeah. And D, D's like to the point where she drives a priest to become this full on crack addict, and then yeah. just the, the, the some of the things that she's done are she's just pretty, like uh, she might be the most. Uh, like I say, if they're a virus, she's a really like. She's a really deadly virus. Yeah, she's yes. yes. Her people in her orbit really end up. She could be a Kardashian, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad. That's how bad you turn out when you deal with D. Absolutely, and uh, even when, like the when she tries to one up them too, it just comes across really badly every single time. And well, my favorite part about her too, in addition to physical comedy too, 
is some of the lines that she says, like just the lines she says in anger, just remind me of when you get frustrated. Like, yeah. she, she does it, yeah, she captures she's, it. She's always, like, what the she's fuck like, does that mean? Yeah. Like, I'm married. She's like, yeah. the, she's like the Incredible Hulk, like she's always angry kind yeah, of thing. Yes. That is her. She is always angry. It's, yeah. it's just under the surface at all times. Yeah, like that, the last season when they asked her like, Oh, it's good that you're not married. What the fuck does that mean? Like, yeah. just like the snap reaction yes, like that just is just right there yeah. with it. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of my favorite episodes are decentric episodes because I feel like when it's, especially when it's, when it's, when you get like D and Charlie in on the same scheme, <laughs> that's like where you, that's where you get that really good, always sunny gold. And her, her taking steroids to beat, to, uh, to get in that boxing match with, uh, with Frank's old nemesis's daughter is probably, her on steroids, that, that's one of the best montages that you like. And this is a show that loves montages. It's oh, yeah. One, it's a really strong one for the for the show. Speaking of Charlie, we're going to have to move along through these a little bit because we haven't even started to discuss the real show. Yeah, um, so we'll talk about Charlie real quick. Charlie is sort of – Charlie is definitely portrayed as like dumber or like less knowledgeable than the rest of the group. He is very hapless and as such is really bad at scheming individually. So he – really kind of needs to have a partner in crime every time he tries to do something because he can't do it himself, which is, again, would be kind of endearing if he also wasn't shitty. Like, he he loves his mom, and he, like, has affection for a woman, and it is shown through the whole show, but it's more like stalking yes. as opposed to actual love. Like it's unhealthy. An, it's an infatuation with the waitress that carries on through the whole run of the show. Charlie is also, you know, if, if not just portrayed as dumb, is actually shown to be. Like, he's often like shown to be like illiterate look at that door dude see that door right there one marked pirate you think a pirate lives in there i see a door marked private is that the, is that the door you're talking about no i was talking yep i didn't say no, did you what did you hear i heard you say you saw a door marked pirate yes, is there a pirate living in there no see that's not what i'm saying well look are we gonna talk about restaurant. pirates all day we're gonna find out what lives in there yeah. anytime he writes anything it's terrible broken english and it's misspelled and his grammar is awful and He's he's kind of okay with it though. Like it's it's not something that he actually he himself views as yes. like a detriment. He is fine with the lane he is in. He lives in complete squalor. He's disgusting and like enjoys a certain level of filth that no one else can appreciate. Like they they call all of the shit that he does around the bar Charlie work because it's all disgusting things that no one else would ever <laughs> want to do. Yeah. You know, like rat catching and all the plumbing and stuff. But Charlie seems completely okay with mostly living that way like he owns part of that bar but he's never shown to be really in on it he's he's just like their disgusting maintenance man and i don't know charlie my past d i think charlie is probably my next favorite character because of his like haplessness i really appreciate that about him it's it's like a sad tender kind of thing yeah charlie and uh charlie is easily my favorite character and i feel like you've encapsulated him perfectly uh the only note that i would add is like yes he is illiterate but he is a, a songwriting genius oh sure yeah yes. that is actually yeah. important so, like, charlie is actually a creative genius yeah that's yeah he is that's <laughs> his one real redeemable skill that like no one will ever give him credit for is he's an excellent an excellent musician and also he dances like like a baby angel apparently. Mm-hmm. yes so. which comes up more than once charlie's <laughs> dancing is, is the center of many plot lines let me tell you a little lesson buddy rises to the top and i'm about to show you the white hot cream of an eighth grade boy oh my god play the tape um so again not to belabor i know we're gonna kind of rush through the rest of these i can't believe this i just can't believe this yeah, keep your you whore down. keep it down keep it don't down make don't make a scene oh no i'm not gonna make a scene i was just told excuse me 
that my horrible whore wife has tricked me into raising two bastards for 30 years and I'm being asked to not make a scene. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, did you bang my wife? We already brought up Frank, so we'll talk about Frank a little bit again. Danny DeVito, Frank. Uh, he starts the show as like a as Dean Dennis's rich, detached father, but his his premiere from Jump is him saying like I don't really want to be like a rich guy. I mean, I'm going to keep all the money because I like that, but I kind of want to come down to your level. Like I want to I want to be disgusting. I want to be like less than what I am because it's not fun to be like proper about stuff. I kind of want to do whatever I want to, and I don't care. And good God, does he embellish and on, on like and on that through the run of this show because he starts as like a completely mostly normal guy who is you know bad and is constantly trying to scheme people, but he's a person like he looks like a human being as right. as opposed to now where he kind of just looks like a bridge troll like <laughs> he's disgusting on a level that is almost uncomfortable sometimes yeah. and I man Danny DeVito is destroying just laying waste to everything he does in this show it's so good. Devon? Uh, yeah. Huge fan of Frank, and it, it, I think that bringing him in on that second season, you didn't really know if it worked, but I think that for, like, in my age, being like, you know, being 18, 19, 20 when this show comes out, I remember Danny DeVito from Twins. So if you know, if, like, I know, I know that he's got the chops, and just to, to see what to see how it evolved into, he was like the straight guy kind of at first, right. who kind of wanted to, like, vacation in this like punk rock experience, that's, that's like an excellent this, word for that too. Yeah, yeah it was, it was kind that. of like his marriage is going to shit, so he's just like, why the fuck not? Like, let's go to a strip club. Let's let's hang out with these young guys. <laughs> and I like how it just has evolved into like like you said, his evolution has been great, and also solidifies the fact that knowing that he raised Dennis really lets you know how Dennis became the person sure. he is. Yeah, it definitely so it, informs that. So it lets you it get lets you look inside when you see like this piece of shit person that you're that you have to deal with in your everyday life. You never get to see like where he came from and why he is that. But so it's just like, look, this dude is the most evil because he's actually like he's actually like worked children to Yeah, death. he's passing you know? this on. Yeah, you like, know what I'm saying? Like he's he's got enough money to like affect like the world at like a human rights violations level. And it's so, so. funny too because he is he is often like I don't want to say the meanest, but he is usually the first person to want to scheme somebody mm, out of something. Right. But again, kind of like the rest of the people, he can't do it by himself because nobody ever wants to help him. Like he has to yes. kind of connive his way into doing whatever any, anybody else is doing because they all find him reprehensible and yeah. disgusting. He goes there first and then he definitely needs somebody that's a little bit more uh, visually appealing yeah. to like as the <laughs> because Trojan he's the horse. Worst person. Yeah. And he's so gross. Yes. I, the thing about Danny DeVito, I like about him just also, he has so many droppable, quotable lines too. Oh like God, some of like yeah. the pay the troll, pay the, the troll pay toll, the troll yeah. Toll. yeah. The um, <laughs> we gotta get you, we gotta get that baby and you down the Mexico ASAP. Yeah, like just some of the lines he does. The way this monster condom, yeah, for my, yeah, my Magnum <laughs> dong, Magnum yeah, dong, dong yeah. yeah, and just but then and my personal favorite, could I offer you an egg in these trying times? <laughs> is always my favorite <laughs> Danny DeVito line from the show. I do love the Shibuya roll call when he sees a <laughs> when he sees a curry woman. Yeah. And he does his, yeah, that's. Yeah, so that is um yeah, I dropped too many Danny DeVito quotes in my normal life. Uh so that's <laughs> they're uh, also good though. Yeah. They are good. So yeah, sh- like that was a really it was an addition that could have like tanked the show, but it really kind of brought everything Yeah, together. it's weird to think that like a production note actually paid off. Like mm-hmm. they they wanted to bring in, in a star to raise the profile of the show and get more people to watch it, but it actually enhanced the storytelling of the show mm-hmm. when they because Danny DeVito seems like a dude that's game for stuff like this, yes. clearly. And you didn't know it then, but to see how far they've come with that character and the 
the level of nonsense they've put him through and all of the disgusting shit that he does like it really enhances the overall like theme and thread through the show and it yeah. it could have backfired and it really really didn't it exceeded all expectations and that's the thing is you need a foil and it really works because it's like you have these guys that are like in their 20s and 30s and who do you foil you foil like let's let's run one on the old man yeah and they do that constantly yeah so it <laughs> automatically has that generational gap thing there too that like people play that that can be played upon too and i think that that really Helps uh, gives them more legs with some of their stories. It was yeah, it was John Landgoff, who was the president of FX, who recommended to have Danny because he was friends with Danny DeVito. Oh, okay. Well, there so, you go. Uh, yeah, and he was working for him in his production company because Danny DeVito's production company is called Jersey Films. And so, when Rob went to go meet him, Dan Danny DeVito said he was already a fan because of his Danny DeVito's kids. Nice. Oh yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Well, that worked out great. Yeah. That's a that's a nice little you know Hollywood happenstance. Factoid. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right, so the last main character we're going to discuss here is, I would argue, the most sympathetic character in light of the past couple of seasons. They've really kind of worked to do that for him. And that is Ronald Mac McDonald, as portrayed by Rob McElhenney. You seem very on edge. Yeah, you're goddamn right I'm on edge. I hosted the shit out of that party. And that's just not setting the table, okay? I made a playlist. I found a cool shit to talk about. I provide security. I kept everybody safe. Safe! You know, sometimes I feel like... I feel like they don't even understand me, and we're not even that good of friends. Ah, that's bullshit! That's bullshit! We're like the best friends in the whole goddamn world. Goddamn them for making me think otherwise. <laughs> Who is... I would probably argue the VIP, the, the MVP of this entire show. He does a bulk of the writing, like, as, as compared to the other characters. Charlie Day and him work a lot together, but... There are many more episodes that are individually labeled with him as like the main writer and he he does a lot for this show to set like a to give it like an internal voice like he's the most faith-based even though it's all off <laughs> like yeah. he's the he's generally speaking the most good-hearted in a very strange way but not at all it's 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 conflicting to describe it because the show conflicts it like he he has like a certain level of appreciation for other people but never really in a way that won't benefit him you know what i mean like he he's uh he's very arrogant and he's very like macho forwarding like he he kind of is like the most typical bro quote unquote of how the show portrays him and uh it's it becomes less a factor as as the show is constantly also intimating that he is a homosexual and like working that his sexuality worked through the fabric of the show is like a long running joke that has finally paid off recently when he has come out as homosexual, which I, which I think lead lends to the sympathetic part of the character, even though he himself is not sympathetic, that aspect of him kind of is like his, we'll talk about that when we talk about some of the specific highlights when we get through the, the sections. But generally speaking, Mac is very arrogant and brotastic and also kind of dumb, but like not as dumb as Charlie, if that makes yeah. sense. So Again, like everybody else, Matt can't succeed in any of the scheming on his own and needs needs other players to, you know, to play with him. Normally Charlie or Dennis. That usually seems to be his kind of his kind of, you know, vibe. Ron, by the way, Mac is probably my Mac's my favorite character. Yeah. Well, the reason why I like Mac so much is there's two there's two reasons. There's a couple reasons why, but or three reasons why, really. One, the the way his commitment or Rob's commitment to the character like just throughout getting fat, then working his oh, way back man. up. Yeah, we're gonna definitely talk so we'll, about we'll that. that for sure. Uh, two, some of the lines, some of the things he said, like his, his whole karate thing, and him when he gets on a one track mind about something, 
Like I think about a couple episodes where he was when he was going to shoot the first puck, or like he was doing the yeah, flyer yeah. thing. Like he gets on one track and that's it. And yes. he's such a simpleton about it. You know, he doesn't think anything of it. Where it's almost like a child, like you're watching a, a man child. Essentially, yes. Mac has no Mac can't multitask. It's like it's yeah, one of it's his. One I'd thing. say it's a huge thing. He cannot do more than one thing at once. Yeah, even Charlie can manage to kind of focus on more than one thing. But yeah, Mac is yeah, incredibly he, track, single track minded. And, pl- and the reason why I love him the most is the way he plays off Dennis and like always trying to make Dennis happy. I don't know why. I just think it's hilarious the way he goes about it until he finally starts breaking out of his own a little bit that's why i mean but yes. some, of, some of the stuff that mac does is hilarious mac is uh I, I look at mac as kind of um like the offensive lineman of the group like he he does what needs to be done to get everybody down the field kind of yeah. thing so like he does the bulk of the writing so he's like laying out the groundwork for like the, for them to flourish in these little funny bits and he's always kind of he's a really good supporting character and it's a really him and dennis's relationship is really, I feel like a lot of um, a lot of like movies and uh, like have kind of like kind of bit off of that really really aggressively masculine like partnership that blends into like a relationship kind of and watching their relationship develop is kind of like yeah, everyone knows those two guys that are best friends that are like way too close and I, and I like <laughs> and I like them explore we can't we can't say names on it I like when they're expo- I like the way they explore that I wasn't going to say that but then you now you made me think about oh yeah I like I, oh, yeah. I like them exploring that oh yeah me too it's not yeah it's not black mirror striking vipers but yeah. it's like it's, yeah. it's it's almost there so maybe maybe they based it off them maybe they saw them in somewhere we can yeah, only yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god Damn! We'll, we'll have to, we'll, ah, shots fired. We'll just have to, we'll have to yeah. tell you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to tell you off. Air, yeah, post. Yeah, post production. Yeah, post production meeting. Yeah. Sub shots. Oh, right. but um, <laughs> oh, fuck! I can't even think of um, Damn you, damn you, Dave! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but hey, he said it. I thought it. That's Yo. just how the brain works. That's yeah. Oh man. Okay. So to move forward from that pyramids, this goes. This, this goes right into. We'll start with the fair because I think that that's the best place for me to start after having just described all these characters. I think what is the most fairly uh, fairly reviewed and like the fairly framed part of this entire show is how great the character play and interaction is between these characters. Arrested Development is a show that gets a lot of credit for this too, and it was deserved until like the most recent seasons, which are terrible. But it it has a level, it has a certain level of connectivity that you are often surprised at how well everybody takes to like being these characters but doing it at the same time. Like the, what is definitely something that I can't deal with all the time is them screaming over each other, but that they they can do that so well is actually a skill. Like there is distinct voices. There are actual lines when you listen that people are saying into each other that are talking at each other, like Mm -hmm. in the middle of screaming on a level that is incredibly impressive. Like this show is very well written and it is, it is to the absolute strength of all the people that they cast that it works so perfectly. Like, Every single character pairing is golden. Every single time you do it, Dean and Charlie is great. Dennis and Frank is great. Dennis and Mac is great. Charlie and Charlie and Frank, Jesus Christ! Like the the level of interplay individually and paired up is on such a great level that I'm. It, it's the show's best strength. Like yeah. the show would fail entirely if these people couldn't play together nicely, and they all do. Like to a great level. Yeah, I agree with you as well because I feel like the one thing that you need in sitcoms. Um, is you need that buy-in. You need to, like, if if I don't believe that all of these people can be friends or families or roommates, it, kill, it kills the vibe of the show. 
for me personally. Or I, hate each other and still be able yeah, to face exact, each other. Like, because exactly. you can believe that too. Yeah. So, like, you you feel like these are people in uh, these are people that are only friends because they were friends in high school and they never moved past that mm-hmm. point. And so they need each other to remind themselves that they st- to to make sure that they're they're not really complete losers. So or from like, like childhood, because like exactly. uh, Mac and Charlie have been friends since they were since kids. Childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 really believable. Um, and I think that that's the strength to all to all the actors that are that are playing these roles because I've I've never not believed that they that these guys aren't friends from way back in the day. Sure, it's it is. I would argue it is one of the best. It's like one of the best perpetrators of this. Like, if I were to give the show any sort of like giant A plus, it is that the characters work so well together because despite them all being terrible, they're terrible together, mm-hmm. and in 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 such a way and at such a level that you're like you marvel at just how how deep they can pull down each other while also pulling everybody else down, but how incredibly gratifying all of that is. Yes. Like I wouldn't like that to actually to, to compare it to the Seinfeld episode. I don't like Seinfeld as much as like the next person. I, I was kind of critical of it when we talked about it. And it is, it is, this show is doing that where you get character pairs that are reprehensible and doing terrible things. But I feel like this excels way better at that because I think the cast plays better together. Yeah, like absolutely. the, Watching Seinfeld was always like, well, this is a sitcom. Like, this is like, I feel like I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. I actually almost feel like I can, I can dismiss myself from that when yeah. I watch this. Like, I could see this as actually being people doing this. Like, yeah, this is like, a show of people. Exactly. You know? And, I, and I, I see what you're saying. I, I feel like Seinfeld is like, it's like a really strong technical sitcom yeah you know what i'm saying and I, this is not based on nothing like seinfeld is a show that it often most gets yes. compared to this the show mm-hmm. and where this is more of like it feels more like jazz when you watch always sunny it's like you know that there's like there's unscripted moments in both shows but it feels more feel like it feels more raw when organic. you're watching it on on always sunny yeah, yeah. Or, organic it, I think, yeah, yeah. you feel like you're just you feel like you're at this shitty bar and you're just watching these like you're just watching these idiots and you're waiting for a drink you know what I yeah mean? so Roger, anything? No, I was just going to... The one thing about... You were talking about the, the reality piece of it. We talked about that a little earlier. Even, like, the, the, the small little things that they're able to do that are going on, like, the, almost like The Simpsons, where they're, they're they're capturing a moment what's going on in pop culture or a nas- something national. Like, the last season was talking about the Me Too movement. And the way they do that, like, I feel like that would be something that you would see how people would handle it in real life mm-hmm. or... Or take like an urban legend, like some of the some of the urban legend stuff they've done, like uh, or like one of my uh, favorite episodes is the the dead guy with the dead guy in the booth. Oh yeah, Dennis is, yeah, yeah, the great lengths that Dennis does to get laid yes. with his and granddaughter. It, yeah, granddaughter. It's not not scripted. Like a TV, I think TV before would have handled it like like oh, 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 situational, but that it's more me, like it would be more played for hijinks than yeah. for a man trying to fuck someone's yeah. granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and like he, he, the way he, like, that's like, wow, that's somebody would actually go about doing it that way. And, and, and it is on a, it's on a scale and like, yeah, they use it. They use the most terrible situation to like scam into getting with a girl. But like everyone knows a dude who will just automatically turn it into like a pissing contest just sure. to like prove, yeah. especially I think as you get older, you kind of like lose. You don't really hang out with motherfuckers that are like that anymore. Right. But when you're you like, hope that's the hope. Well, yeah, that's that's the plan for everybody. <laughs> Unless that, you like, are that guy, and yeah. you just don't care. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's the plan. If you're like if you're a, if you're a regular human being, is it like you want to evolve past that? So it 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 is. It's interesting to see uh, to and and at least the groundwork to let you know that this is Dennis in season one. He's doing yeah. this. Yeah. So if he did this. Like in season one, anything else is is on board. Absolutely. 
I, uh, I think then in kind of moving past that, because this is for moving from that aspect of the fair, this was the most fair thing I could think of. Like, I can't think of a lot of other things to say that aren't, that aren't, um, like over or under as far as like the writing and the casting is concerned. Cause I think it's all incredibly appropriate and at board. Um, if we talk about something that I think is a bit, uh, maybe underappreciated and kind of under the radar is the progressivism of this show. Like it, we talked about it a little bit with the me too thing. And then, uh, talking about max, uh, homosexuality. This show is definitely satire. It's something that I, I, I don't want to sound like that guy and be like, I don't know if everyone is aware. Cause it, it's not how I want to sound, but <laughs> It is something that I feel like maybe overlooked that this show is definitely satirical and the topics that they put forward and the way that they handle them is all incredibly progressive. Like mm-hmm. there is always a character or two that aren't in on this, right? Like, you know, in Frank not understanding Max homosexuality, like, you know, in D being very racist, like there's, there's always something or someone that isn't quite there, mm-hmm. but the rest of the, the rest of the time the show usually explores what about that issue is ignorant and the way you're supposed to rise above that in, in an incredibly subversive way. This show is very progressive. And I think that's one of its more endearing qualities. Yeah. And definitely something that I feel is like under the radar. That's ab- you're absolutely right. Because um, being that I've watched this show for 14 years um, and like getting into the show, like I want to as, as an admitted uh, young bro and evolving into like a, a really less, less bro person. Um, it was. It's become more. I've realized it was more satire as I've gotten older. It was kind of like one of those things that, like, I was just like laughing at. Oh, this dude is just like this dude up the street. He's a dirtbag, and like not really realizing that, like, they're making a joke about this dude. Like, you shouldn't want to. Yeah, that dude yeah. up the street. Don't is hang ass. with this dude. Yeah. That's the, that's that's doing this Mac shit or doing this Dennis shit. So I think that that's like that was really cool and like realizing that all along. Uh, I feel like. Uh, when I was younger, I was a little bit less informed. I didn't, didn't really give a fuck about well, we all were. everyone's worldview. So, like, <laughs> yeah. as, as you and seeing that you were kind of like involved in something that was a little bit more progressive than you thought it was, it lets you know that, like, okay, I'm not a complete. I wasn't always right. a complete like uh, like asshole or. Anything. The, and this isn't like some like I hate using these terms, but like some SJW reading of this. This is pretty on the page. Yeah. Like you know the the people that are always at the end of these things are you know they're taking on the issue of like gun control or abortion or like patriotism in a way that the person who is refusing to change and refusing to accept like the, the nature of these things is always in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they are the people that are wrong yeah. and they're never doing it in a way that is it's not, never really too heavy. handed. No, they're yeah. never doing yeah. it in a way that's like beating you over the head. Like it's, yeah. it's not like taking a super hard stance on any of this stuff. It, it's showing you the misguidedness of being too far into it one way or the other, you know, like where you can find the medium of being like, Oh, you're right. Like not, you know, not like, Oh, the both sides argument, but like the people that are super hardcore against, you know, like the abortion or people that are super hardcore in the, in the pro-choice camp and both of these, they're, they're shitty people on both ends of this, but we're not really castigating blame in any of this stuff. We're just saying that there is a right way to view this. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that a lot in a way that is incredibly like, inspiring sometimes yeah. like it's weird that a sitcom about terrible people can also somehow be like have a message <laughs> i 100 percent agree and i think that that's the thing is um i feel like as tv has evolved people have tried to make things like more and more literal and just like spell it out and be like um i know that like just to veer off and even like movies like a lot of people's problem with captain marvel was like how much they beat over your head with the feminism sometimes and i feel like um this show does a really good way of just like Proven, like 
is like making a stance without sounding preachy. And I think sure. that's like a really, it isn't really, preaching. Yeah. yeah right. and, and like, that's how, and like, you're never really going to change people's opinions, but like, I guess that's a, it's a really good way to kind of like have people go, Hmm. Okay. Yes. It, it's good to, if you, if you accept that you can't change people's opinions, which is yeah. sad, but mostly true, then you, you can at least anticipate that they may rethink things. Yeah. I'm a like you can at least rephrase it. And this show does a really good job of that. I was just the one thing, even like for example, when they were they they made fun of the podcasting trend before everybody started jumping yes. on the podcast. Yeah, so they were kind of even jumping ahead a little bit. Even the way, like I was thinking, I was trying to think of the episode, the the season with the Korean, um, the bar owner. Even like yes. the way they handled that, like no, they didn't ring off any bells. They were able to make it funny, and they kind of made it into a real life situation. But the jihad, even the jihad stuff, was just like it's. The, the way they, the way they inter- touch on it. Yeah, yeah, the way they interweave it and everything, and having the way they have the, the secondary characters come give them more of a part. Like when Cricket was just going to do, like, go on the podcast for, it was promised like a sandwich or something, but just <laughs> the silly little things like that. Yes. Like, or Charlie doing stuff for, for just, you know, or, cat, or like the way he goes to sleep, his like cat food He's and everything like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah, but it makes it so funny, but it's also like it, it interweaves it into just that's a serious situation that Charlie could be. This could be something wrong. Yeah, with this it. is a mentally ill dude yeah. that we're just like not, really, yeah. not really addressing the fact that that that, he, that that's what's going on with him. He's playing Nightcrawlers, man. <laughs> it's a grown is, man playing Nightcrawlers. Night All right, is Nightcrawlers ever actually defined as to what no. it is, or is it still like it is an unknown? It's okay. very, yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very non non specific. <laughs> it is, it is one of covers it is one of my fan. favorite running jokes on the show about him and Frank playing Nightcrawlers. Yeah, and I. I I'm happy because I haven't seen all the episodes, admittedly. So mm. I'm I am happy to know that that is still an unknown quantity. It, like, it, it's amazing, especially knowing the fact that like Charlie has that really weird relationship with his uncle. <laughs> so it's like yeah. he could oh, be Charlie's yeah. uncle so gross. Yes, exactly. So so you don't know. Like maybe that's a game that like you don't know uh, if Nightman's about his uh, about his uncle. You don't know oh, if he it probably about, is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so now like, let me think about it. Oh if my god! Think, if Nightman's about his uncle, he was definitely playing Nightcrawlers with his uncle too. So it's just like. I just watched that of him when when they try to the McPoyles try to get him to admit that he was molested and they oh, have, yeah. they have the doll and his finger keeps getting closer and closer to, <laughs> yes, the, to the butt yes. and his uncle is like hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah, show yeah. Is so gross. Even it's, like it's so gross. <laughs> yeah, even his like uncle the, is so gross. Even like the way Gary, the serial killer, like when they when Charlie just casually yes. opens up the fridge and there's a bunch of heads in there. Yeah. And Charlie's face is just like like yeah, you know, that was but, great. yeah. Because like the the Gary was dressed up like a serial killer, like a members mm-hmm. only jacket. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, white serial you know. killer is hell. So yeah, I think that, that like I, yeah, I can I can talk all day about. It, that. I know yeah. it, it's weird to to touch back on it too. Like it's it's also sort of an I wouldn't say it's underappreciated, I guess, but it, in for sake of argument, it's it's super impressive that the show can vacillate so well between a topic episode where they are discussing things like you know not not in character but they are showing us things of you know how like how they deal with race and mm-hmm. how they deal with all these things and then immediately pivot into something super ridiculous and bottled to the episode like a dance contest yes. or you know like uh just interpersonal relations with other characters on the show where nothing's at stake like where they're trying to get a spot on the Philadelphia Eagles like yeah. you know open tryout stuff like it yeah, who wants it can to be in a billboard it yeah can, like, it yeah. can move it can move so quickly between being super topical and being not at all topical in a way that I really appreciate like yeah. shows like South Park always wanted to try to position themselves as being able to do that until they didn't like now it's just 
they're topical for the sake of being topical. And then they kind of dial that back for a while yeah. and then it's good again. But then immediately they'll just fall back into old habits. If that's not telling you how I feel about South Park, I guess you know now. <laughs> but that's the but, evergreen aspect about Always Sunny is like, the I guess the, the bad thing is, is we still haven't solved any of these issues that they're addressing sure. 14 years. So like, yeah, that, but they'll always have still, material. Yeah, it's to still from, timely. But. And then the little side stories are always evergreen too. So there's always like, um, hunting cricket is always going to be funny. No matter, like, no matter how, no matter how you break it down, Frank thinking that he's Rambo is always, it's always going to be funny. Yeah. Lethal up in five. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's seriously one of the best subplots of all time. Enough to wear on the extra, the extra on the Christ, DVD that, yes. that I could, I mean, it, and the fact that Mac pulls off blackface, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The fact that like, and that's what I mean. Like the fact that they are able to kind of do those things that are like so fucked up, and you're just like, yeah, that's on on brand for all these terrible people. Because it's coming, <laughs> it's coming from a place of understanding as a viewer, where you know that this is this. In no way are they trying to condone any of what is happening mm-hmm. ever, because it it never ever works. Absolutely. Like if any other people tried to pull this off, it, it's completely offensive and terrible and awful but this show is presenting this in such a way that you're like no i'm allowed i'm allowing yeah, this. you're like, in this world like they've already destroyed so many people's lives at this point that like blackface yeah, is just and like, their own you yeah. can't like, get upset about blackface they were smoking crack see they were smoking crack season two <laughs> yeah. so you know what i'm saying so it's like these are terrible these are terrible folks or with even, some issues even like the way the one plot you talk about this with terrible issues the waitress the relationship with the waitress that's ongoing until yes. season 12 that's phenomenal to me because yeah. they make Charlie like seemed like a oh shucks he's like romantic but he's a goddamn stalker he's a stalker the time. yeah he's, and then he, she turns he into a journal yeah and then she turns into this weirdo that's obsessed with Dennis <laughs> yes and like I'll compete Dennis they yeah. ruined they ruined her like she was just a nice coffee gr- girl at a barista and like look what she is now I, that's the I don't think she ever was though like yeah. the, the, what they kind of play at through the show is that she was also terrible yeah. but. It didn't. It took her being around them to get her further down yeah. as everybody else is. But we're we're going to talk about that in the next section. But we're going to talk about the next section after a very small break. So pause for station identification. I I took it too far. Oh God, you sons of Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to the show, but we are not alone. As part of the Make Fun Network, we also include excellent shows for you like Anachronismo, This Rules, This Sucks, and the flagship Top 5 of Death. Come check us out anywhere you can find your podcast, and also check out our Facebook page and engage in the conversation with everybody there. We look forward to having you. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Hello again, everybody listening and people in the studio hello guys that was fun right a nice break yeah great sometimes it's good sometimes it's good to recenter yourself kind of take stock of what it is we're trying to do here and then end it exactly (laughs) (laughs) end it in a way that is satisfying for everyone involved which is what we're hoping we're going to do here um so we left off talking about some of the under and i think we'll pivot into the over and i'm going to start kind of piggybacking off some things we've been dancing around and roger mentioned before the break about the waitress um i think one of the one of the most impressive overs of this show is the overarching character like linearness like the the line the character arcs that continue over the history of the show from like seasons two sometimes all the way into the seasons now and part of that is the world building like the world that they have built with 
all of these extended universe characters are central to making all of these things happen. Like you get an episode, you know, where the gang squashes their beefs that can't happen without having a whole run of characters exist before that to get to this point where we can have a whole familiar universe of all of these people. And we'll take a minute to talk about some of our favorite ones. Like we're not going to mention everybody because there's too many goddamn characters on the show, but uh, Devon, yes, the guest, why don't you tell us some of your favorite secondary characters of this universe? All right, cool. I'm going to get like super hipstery B side with that, this. That's what we need. Um, I feel like my favorite recurring character is um, the lawyer. A shot mince words with you for long. I am challenging you, sir, to a duel. I accept. What time were you thinking of dueling? <sighs> Anytime is, is good, really. I don't know. You don't have time, because you would have to go out and get a proper gun. Uh, No, I have a gun. I actually keep one right here in the drawer. You got one right there? I don't need to see it. I like to keep it loaded, because you never know who's going to walk into a law office these days. (laughs) Safety first. We'll call it even, and I will respectfully decline the duel. (laughs) Well, you can't decline. Eh? As you know, once the duel's been accepted, you know, there's no backing out. I mean, that's the law. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah does not have a name um he is he's the person that they go to whenever they need any kind of free legal advice me, free meaning that they usually kick down his door and just ask him legal questions um i really like how he was doing he was really successful when he's when they started he's kind of devolved into kind of like a really degenerate version of what he once was because he came into the orbit of these toxic people and now he's a little bit more aggressively toxic and just hell-bent on destroying them and so i think <laughs> And, and with good reason. Exactly. Like, they need to reason. be destroyed. So, yeah, l- really love him. And I also love the waiter. Also another B-side, another character who does not have a name. My favorite thing about him is the fact that, like, every time they run into him, they don't know who he is. He knows them, remembers him, got him fired from multiple jobs. Even in, in the women's episode, yeah. he's the flight attendant. <laughs> so it's still they, they still have no correlate. Like, that's how terrible these people are is they don't even remember these people who are directly in their orbit who – They've either laughed at or ridiculed or mocked or taken advantage of. And I think that's my – that's kind of like my North Star for these characters. Remember that, like, you can't – like, they're so disgusting. They don't even – like, they're so oblivious of everything around them. So those are those are, those are my, my two favorite reoccurring characters. Everybody else is kind of like – they get enough screen time yeah. that everyone is – they're pretty well known at this point. Yeah, because I, <clears throat> I will be the, the general audience participation of this one because – I mean, it would be it would be unfair if we didn't bring him up in like a full discussion. But Rickety Cricket is oh. probably oh. if he's not the most realized secondary character, he's I don't know, he's gotta be close. Like yeah. there's there are a few people that have had so many reoccurring spots on the show and few people that have evolved the way that character has from as we stated earlier, from like a a priest who was in love with D when they were younger to a street urchin, lecherous yeah. street rat, as they are often want, want yeah. to call him, being assaulted by dogs, in the street. <laughs> yeah. that, becoming addicted to yeah, addicted to all manner of substance, like just yeah. covered in sores on his body. He's like a disgusting shell of a man, and yeah. it is it is really 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 funny every single time he shows up because they have so much history with that character that everybody gets to play off of him yeah. because. Every single one of these characters has had a run-in with him now, you know, at, by the by the point of where we're at in the show now, 13 seasons in, that he's he's such a wonderful recurring spot to give everybody a moment. Like, he might not always interact with every person when he shows up, but because everybody has interacted with him, you get a sense of familiarity there that not everybody else has. You know, like, some of them do, but 
I think cricket is such a uniquely twisted and strange like part of this universe that it's cool to see the people that are also at his level, but they all act like he's so beneath them, even though he's not much different from Frank no, at this strong. point. You know what I mean? He's a strong reoccurring character to to sports ball reference. <laughs> I'm gonna, he's definitely six man of the year. All 100% the every, every single time. Absolutely. I, I delight every time I see that guy. When there's a grift that's even so disgusting, so depraved that no one in the gang will do, <laughs> you, you, need that, you need that fall guy. And I'm a... I lived in Canada for a while. I'm a real big Trailer Park Boys fan. You need <laughs> yeah. you need a Corey Trevor. You, you do, and like and like Rickety Cricket is there is there is there Trevor. You need that you need that guy. And some of the, like a lot of the the cricket centric episodes are usually pretty good. Like I think we've all kind of talked about how much we love that dance off episode. Oh my god, really it, strong, really strong in that one. If I were to pick a. We'll say that for the end because I will ask you favorite episodes and we'll talk about it then. But go okay. ahead. Yeah, yeah. So th- I think that's that's where you, you really let him stretch his legs, and that's just after <laughs> that's just after them, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I like that. That's just after they used him earlier in the season to kind of get out of a really tight bind with the mob. So you know what I'm saying. So it's just like yeah. So uh, I, I love cri- I love cricket for that. Cricket, walk us through a day in your life. Oh, day in the life. Well, uh, the other morning. I wake up, I find a dog sniffing at my wound. Mm. He's fully aroused, mind you. So I'm thinking, oh, great, you know, what does this jerk want? Of course, I know what he wants. <laughs> He's looking at me right in the eyes. He does not have to say it. Not that he could. I mean, does my scar look like a dog's vagina? You know, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and, and try to get inside the mind of a dog. <laughs> I mean, that's God's work. Well, not that I believe in God. I don't. Not since that Chinaman stole my kidney. The dog episode is one of my favorite ones. Like oh that, just, yeah, that, yeah. that, that one. But the the eventual him giving up the like, just see him as a priest. Like you just forget that even happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple characters who I really dug that are not as popular, but uh, Z, the guy who lives under the bridge. Yeah, and Z's like, awesome. Yeah, the, the the line about blowing out his pants, blowing out his crotch. Like just they <laughs> talk about his jeans. Like yeah. just. Um, Ar- I mentioned Artemis earlier. I I, love- I, I also love Artemis. I love Artemis because she's just thick and she does not give a fuck. <laughs> and I like that about her, her like her sassness about her. But yeah, she's but- very sexually open. Yeah, I yeah. like that about her. Very sexually. Yeah, open. yeah, yeah. Ho ho, howdy alert at two o'clock. Here they come and come in. Let me do the talking. What's up, ladies? Not much, just enjoying the view. Name's Artemis. I have a bleached asshole. And then even like in the Nightman cometh, how, how big of a role she had in that episode. Uh, I I just she's every time she's on screen, I just she's magnetism. She eats scenery. Yeah, up. she's a very good character actor. Uh, plays in the part of one of Dave's favorite character actors, uh, Margot uh, from Americans. Martindale. Martindale. Yeah, yeah. Margot Martindale. Oh she man, kinda, national treasure. Yeah, she's a national treasure. I think Artemis is national care, uh, treasure as well. Yeah, she's great. Um, her coyote ugly impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's great every time, and it's uh and it it, it is cool seeing somebody um who who is a more regularly shaped person, and they don't play that for laughs. No, it's not just, at all. It's, it's never. It's, it's a completely understood thing. Yeah, like, yeah that's, a, that's her. She's that, in it. That's Artemis, and she's all she's always down for whatever anybody's up for. And any real, weird scheme, yeah. Artemis is up for it. Like yeah. she wants to figure out who pooped the bed too. It doesn't, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. That's an, that's another one of my of, of favorites of mine um, from from the Artemis catalog. If I had to set the playlist up, but yeah, that's uh, it's a really strong character. Yeah, her and uh, the Dennis's ex girlfriend too. Uh, is it um, 
That's his ex-wife. Oh, Maureen Ponderosa? Oh, Maureen yeah. Ponderosa. Oh, my Absolutely. God. That is, to me... Even I'm glad you brought it up. She was definitely one I want to talk about. Well, like, the, the, the vain thing about the dead tooth thing cracked me up because... I know, I, a perfectly normal person in all aspects, but she just has this fucked up tooth. Yeah, and... and there was, Naturally, Dennis cannot deal with that. Yeah, and I and I've, I've dumped a girl because of her bad breath, so, like, <laughs> I felt like a dick about it, but, like, then the episode, watched the episode, I'm like... Oh, all right. Well, dead I'm not, yeah, yeah dead did, did that girl that you dumped then turn into a cat? Like, is that like her her natural progression? <laughs> Close. Uh, no, yes. she's she a Wiccan princess. But no. So um, if you don't know, oh, if you haven't yeah. watched the show, I think one of the literal most interesting transformations that has happened is that Marine Ponderosa, who was a you know married to Dennis, was a completely unassuming like she just really liked cats type of girl. So cat sweaters. Yeah, and she knit she knit cat sweaters and was very into cats. Um through her reappearances through the show actually tries to turn herself into a cat yeah. like going through surgeries for her eyes and her body and it's really fucking unsettling yeah. by the time she gets to like her final form she looks yeah. like that one cat woman that you see on tv all the time yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. it's really weird yeah. like it actually kind of skeeved me out when I, for the first time i saw that episode but in a way that i was super in for i'm and like this a, is awesome it's yeah. great <laughs> it's a really it's a really good way to touch on like that plastic surgery culture without just throwing just fake Fake yeah. yeah, and and in such a in such a way that like doesn't make it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like this mm-hmm. is such a fantastical element of this show. Like they do this really outside the box shit, like turning a woman into a cat. But in this world, it one hundred percent checks out. Like yeah. this is the only way this could have happened for this woman. Like of course she's a cat now. And like that, yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> and I think that it's uh, we've already talked about how how toxic these people are. And I feel like what they've done to the Ponderosas is really on par. Yeah. Of like some of the worst they've done to to any. And speaking anyone. of, and I w- because I didn't get to mention them because I forgot. We'll be we're gonna move out of the we're gonna move into the next section of the over real quick, but. It would be remiss if we didn't at least mention the McPoyles because apart from Cricket, I'm pretty sure they are the most recurring characters. If not all of them, then one of them. Um, They're... God, they're so fucking great. They <laughs> like, are great. There's there's not much else to say apart from them being wonderful. Like They, they started out as like very low-level, just gross siblings. Like Are they incestual? Are they not? It's not important. They're just disgusting. And now that they have time to meet extended members of the McPoyle family they're all gross and dysfunctional and strange yeah. and to give Liam and oh, I forgot the second one's name Rick, Rick, um, Do- uh, no that's not Doyle's the one that went to the NFL Doyle's the big one uh, but the two main yeah, guys there's yeah. uh, Liam I'm trying to think of the other way the uh, crap Ryan yeah okay yeah, so Ryan. the two the two main dudes like to they're the ones that have gotten developed the furthest and in, in a level that I'm like super in for whenever I see them on screen I admit that it gets a little much after a while of having them around. Like I feel like their creepiness might actually be a detriment if they're on screen too long, mm-hmm. but they usually toe the line to a point where it's not too much. Yeah, unless they unless Maureen Ponderosa decides to marry one of the McPoyles. Right. If you if you want if you want to OD on some McPoyle shit, like that's the episode for you. Yeah, one hundred percent. But everyone knows that family in the neighborhood that's just got like you. They keep they keep having kids. There's always it always has an there's an odd smell coming from the house. They're, uh, they're like everyone knows that kind of like that that real terrible yeah that real terrible family. So I, I think that like that's that's really great about them. And he's and and uh, you're right because the McPoyles are uh, they're so they're so present in in the show at this point. Even when I see when I see Liam in Westworld, I'm like, yo, what's what's Liam McPoyle doing? I know the first time I saw a trailer set, I'm like, that's Liam. Like that, you can't be a person. Even when he yells, I think about Liam McPoyle yelling. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not uh, going to do that on mic, but yes, we'll probably we'll add a cut here. We'll we'll throw in some McPoyle. You will call her. 
Yes, that, that, is, that the is the best one. Yeah. Okay, you're right. We'll get that for you, specifically for you. She's still expecting a call. That's not going to happen, so just move past it. All right. You will call her! Um, so moving on, since we, we have come to toward, sort of the tail end of what we're discussing, the one thing I think, in, while we're still talking the over, and the, the thing that I initially felt was overrated when we first started doing this, it's, man, it's just so much. Like, the overexposure and the overamplification of all of this terrible stuff, while I have submitted that it is very funny, the human ear <laughs> can only can only take so much noise i mean now again this differs person to person and maybe i'm just a pussy and i can't listen to people scream all the time but i can't listen to people scream all the time uh, there's no way that a mouse could kill a scorpion dude a mouse could kill a scorpion. sharp a rat could kill a scorpion well no shit frank but we're not talking about a rat we're talking about a little mouse it's still with a little mouse fighting a scorpion and that is final shut up oh my god i don't care I have a really hard time digesting some of the some of the better moments of this show because inevitably it breaks into yelling. And mm. there's there's a certain level, I think, of the comedy that I know that they are playing this up and it is 100% part of the storytelling mechanic and I appreciate that. But as an individual viewer, there is occasion where I want the, the, the smaller points that we're trying to get across or maybe some of the smaller character moments to be smaller character moments. Like sometimes you just don't have to scream. And again, it's an individual, it's an individual gripe, but I just can't do all the yelling. Devon, this does not seem to bother you as much. And I wish I would like for you to tell me why. And I think uh, we, we touched on it even like before we came in the show, um, we touched on it a bit and I thought it was interesting that I never even really thought about how much they yelled. And I don't know if it's um, just being, um, being told that I'm yelling when I'm being passionate or just being around immigrant fa- immigrant family gatherings where everyone's yelling and the music's loud too. So it's like, I fall asleep to this show sometimes. <laughs> so it's just, I think maybe the yelling uh, comforts me. It oh, makes God. That's, puts yeah, me that's horrifying. Yeah, so There's that's, no way I could do that. That's an indictment on my childhood, but like, you know. Uh, I, I come from a pretty <laughs> loud family, but I feel like I'm the quietest, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. So there's maybe that's part of it. So yeah, I think that that's why I never I never touched on it or even thought about it until you mentioned it, but I'm like, yeah, this is like it's probably if I could break it down, it's probably 85% yelling. <laughs> it's got to so, be close. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not I'm not phased by it either. What, what phase is when I get Well, I, we've heard you yell, so that's yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> second nature. Yeah, it's, it is second nature. It's part of my personality, but uh, it's Raphael we're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> my whole my whole thing that I get really I get squeamish about the show is how uncomfortable sometimes they do things to people, and that's what makes me sometimes like that's the part I'm like, oh, yeah, like the cringy. There is yeah, a lot of there, yeah. yeah. I actually didn't even think about the cringe aspect of the comedy of this show, like because yeah. that is definitely something that has become a more prevailing thing through comedy in yeah. general in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And they're I wouldn't call them progenitors, but they're definitely on the the uptick, like at the beginning of when this became more accepted. Yeah, and. But, uh, you're right, though it's it tough. is. It's ex- it's extensive. Yeah, like, for example, like the McBoyle brothers, I feel like they're like, they probably literally are covered in Vaseline. <laughs> but like, it's just the their aesthetic with the eyebrow. I don't know why unibrows yeah. make me like unsettle and makes me kind of disturbed. But that that right there, and there's times too where when they're taken in the garbage and you see yeah, his apartment, like yeah, Frank, yeah, like that stuff, like that. Charlie's like, apartment is so disgusting. Yeah, that, that's that, what you're going with. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. That also like. Even when like Mac is fat, like that was kind of like the, the Mac is fat okay. story arc. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Like the shirt tightness, and everything. I was like, I looked at myself, like shit. And, like it was just, it, it's kind of unsettling. That's 
that's to me what yeah, that part. It is uh it is very cringy and it definitely has um for someone who like still in their in their free time maybe catches an episode of Jerry Springer. I like oh. <laughs> sometimes the like sometimes I want to watch TV that's so bad that I have to leave the room because I'm embarrassed for the person in front of the camera. And I feel like Always Sunny kind of leans into those moments where it's like sometimes you really just want to like when 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 Charlie realizes that he's been cucked by 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 Frank and that one slow <laughs> tear rolling down his eye ends the episode like that's uh it doesn't get worse than than that sometimes it is so bad. so yeah I, <clears throat> I'm I learning a lot about you today Devon yeah you, apparently you just like loud yeah I like loud and I like terrible like that's why uh, like and you if you see Tim Robinson's show on Netflix really leans oh, into God. Okay, leans into the cringy aspect of that. Com- of that will definitely we will definitely talk about that show on here at some point because it is probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yes. But it is it is on the very you want to turn of that cringe culture, yeah. 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 But you you weather through it because it's that funny. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about that show today. Um, I think I think we'll we'll kind of end the show because we didn't get a chance to like highlight speci- like the, in specificity some of the things that we've like loved the most about it. Um, we'll start with Devon. Can you tell me maybe a favorite episode or like a favorite, like maybe a favorite story arc even because they're so overreaching? Like what are like maybe two things that you particularly remember about this show when you think about it? Um, I think my favorite I think my favorite thing about the show is you really when I first started watching it, I kind of gravitated towards the dudes in that kind of like that bro culture and seeing D kind of like stretch her legs in that environment. I really love. So I think my favorite and my favorite thing is when D lets everybody know that she's just as sociopathic as as Dennis is. Oh yeah, she just chooses not to. <laughs> she lets him play that part, and I really love um, when she um, destroys that strip, that male stripper's life. <laughs> when, when he said when he says that sleeping with her was kind of like his rock bottom, so she orchestrates a rock bottom that's much worse yeah. for him. And, yeah. Uh, oh man. So, and I don't even want to give away the spoiler because. Um, no, it, it bears watching because it's, it's a that later episode. season. So I know that a lot of people don't don't really touch on those ones, and like that's that's a really really good one. And um, I think another one is like, I really do like um, I like scheme based episodes. So I guess I'm gonna have to go with um, when they when D believes that she's a stand up comic uh, genius, and it's all just <laughs> because they've broken her down so far. Down so yeah. far that they, it's all been elaborate ruse to kind of get the, the really really good grift on her. <laughs> Um, and then I just want to, I'm going to end it with saying shout out to Pepper Jack. Uh, that's one of my favorite, another small time recurring character <laughs> who's only showed up once and he, <clears throat> he fucking set the stage on fire and then left and he loves Fraggle Rock. So I want to shout him out. That's good shit. Roger, a couple of favorite moments. Uh, well, there's a couple the, the one I was, the podcast episode, because it just, it ran yeah, so true. It ran, ran so true. <laughs> to what we do. We're doing this. It's super yeah, pertinent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're having like a spinal tap moment just yeah, talking about yeah. it. Except, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Minus the sound effects, of course. Right, right, right. Um, well, hey. Um, so, because I think season five is one of my favorite seasons. But uh, the, the, episode, the the wrestlers, whether they're the Eagles. God like, yeah, that, oh, yeah. That, like, yeah, in terms of pro really wrestling one, that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, the the that's the season that introduces the marine too. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah but, and then the episode with the the boat goes sinking. You see the freely thing yes. of that that they episode. Buy, yeah, they buy the boat. That yeah, the boat one. That's one of my favorites. The waitress. The, the when the waitress is going to get try to get married and D gets instantly jealous. It yes. starts a really. I think that starts a rivalry for everything. But 
Honestly, one of my favorite episodes of all time, and I still laugh about it, is when Dennis is accused of being a child molester, and <laughs> he goes, so dark. "It was so dark." But then he goes, he but it was so, but he makes it laugh because it's like he goes to the park because you got to take off your shirt, you work out in front of these kids. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even, he's so oblivious of how it like just the optics, yeah, of it, yeah the optics just, of it all. And then fat, you see Fat Dennis being sitting in the apartment like the, yeah, the actual child molester. I still crack up because they made something that Different Strokes did. Over 30 years ago, and I'm making a really obscure reference, that was like, this is your like after-school special. Right, yeah. And they made that somehow funny. And I don't know how they pulled it off. And to this day, I it just, I don't know, it's genius. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. It is, great. Yeah, it's something. Uh, I will be brief because my two things can be summed up in two words each. Um, we talked about the first one already, but my absolute favorite episode of all of the episodes, and I've watched most of them, has to be The Gang Dances Their Asses Off. It is a perfect encapsulation of what every every single character is and how they all function and why they are all great at what they are doing. Like Charlie is hapless and awful and also eats like a pound of sedatives and passes out and it's awesome. Like, okay, I'm not going to check the whole episode. Just watch the gang dances their asses off for me. Do it for me. It's yeah. the best one. You won't regret it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the an excellent appearance. Like we mentioned like, uh, you know, re- recurring characters, but there are some great cameo appearances. This one has the Sklar brothers who are the, yeah. the DJs. <laughs> Just what squirrely, uh, squirrely D and Fat Michael, yeah. yeah. So they're they're wonderful, they're wonderful guest appearance, and the whole episode all the way around is just perfect, top to bottom. Yeah. And then it is it is arguable whether or not anyone else feels this way personally, but my favorite season is and will forever be season seven because of Fat Mac. I thought the idea and the concept behind just becoming fat for the sake of comedy for a season is such a wonderful idea, like. It's not anything that anyone asked him to do. It's not something that anyone expected him to do. He just decided, I'm going to gain a bunch of weight and I'm going to be fat for the entire season. And we're not going to we're not going to explore it for like half of it. Like yeah. he just is fat. The characters make mention of it, but he's just like, "No, I'm cultivating mass." Yeah. Like in his mind, he's becoming muscular. And just housing food in every in scene. In every scene yeah. and through the, the whole episode. To it, yeah. It's such a wonderful idea that like I'm not saying that everybody needs to do this obviously because it, it's been done now, but as a as an individual character choice, as the as an individual creator choice rather, I think the idea of just being fat for a year and then not being fat anymore was such a wonderful concept for the show, and I think that Rob McElhenney pulled it off perfectly. Yeah. Like he, as someone for whose shirt his shirts have been getting like tighter and tighter as he gets older, <laughs> and there's like no way I, there's no fight against it. It's really kind of like some sad like so it's like a sad arc that i re- that i remember that's happening to me right now you know and it's such a it's so funny to see late episodes of like the now episodes because he's jacked to the fucking gills yeah. and to go back just like six years ago and see where he was then as to where he is now like he's always been that mode he's mm-hmm. never been fat apart from that season mm-hmm. and it's you can immediately timestamp it like well that's the fat max season every yes. time you see a fat mac yeah. and that delights me yeah even the early season he's just skinny no he's just skinny guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, was, he was actually waitering in his first season still yeah and now i mean he's like, i don't know if you've watched like the most recent like yeah. the season finale 13 but he's yeah. cut the yeah. fucking yeah, ribbon yeah no like i saw that during the, the the last scene too but just his arms are just like holy crap we like should talk hawks. about that but right okay right before we end what what do we think the show is going to be when it returns because we're going to release this right before the season 14 premiere where does the show go like We've we've ended this last season with a very poignant and I thought actually quite beautiful, like, you know, modern dance interpretation of coming out to someone's father, like in front of everybody. And Max, you know, 
dance to and the aging hipster in me would have to point out that it's a Sigur Rose song and I love them so shout outs to them but what happens now like what what do we expect this show to give us after this because that wasn't played for laughs it was a very relevant and like meaningful moment what what happens now like where do we see the show going well by the way the show I was during the break it's Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet that's the record of the track okay just okay, just yeah. with me. Um, okay. Thank you, thank you for reminding me. Um, so not bonanza, fuck bonanza, <laughs> fuck CBS. Uh, <laughs> season, I think season fourteen to me. I think that what they're gonna have. I mean, they've already kind of gone every low they can low. So maybe they just take it and just freak everybody out by going in a positive, like not positive direction, but just kind of like a well, that uh, would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, but just like a no- like a normal existence. They like actually try to just have run a successful bar. For yeah, like a full fourteen for a full like. Ten episodes. Yeah, and then what happens is episode eleven just all falls apart again. Shit. Yeah, but D becomes like a mother or something, like just something like unexpected. I I don't that that would to me would be kind of a shocking thing to me. Yeah, that would be an interesting. That would be pretty interesting to go to go like like straight like straight uplifting. I uh, obviously we know that like I am the nihilist of the bunch, so I feel like it's just (laughs) going to. Next use of the word, by the way. It's going to go the way of Dennis's family in what North Dakota? North Dakota, yeah, North Dakota. Yeah, they're they're going to be. They're not going to remember. They're not going to acknowledge Mac coming out or all or, or that dance or anything. They're just going to go back to just um, situational stories told with some kind of like timely issues. I think they're just going to go back okay. to, go back to the well because I feel like this this last season was it was a really strong season for someone that for a group of people that have been doing it for so long. Uh, one of their members was kind of like in and out, yeah, and they worked around that really well. Like you've seen, that's where yeah. a lot of sitcoms really like fall off is when that member I, that like speaks leave. to the strength of the the characters on so, the yeah, show, yeah. like that they can continue on like that. So I think that they're in a groove right now. That they're just going to just keep Frank's going to keep franking. Like everyone's going to just keep. <laughs> we doing, hope so. That at least I hope for that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be more of the same, and hopefully it's still at a level where they can get to the fifteenth season and maybe finish it out there. And we can kind of have a really good like time capsule of of their work. Do we want more than fifteen seasons of the show? I kind of feel like I'm done with it at where it is, but I'm interested to see what this next season is. But past that, I don't know what else the show can give me. Like I think it's great, and you know I think it's been very revolutionary in a lot of ways. But what else can it do? Like yeah, I, I don't know if fifteen is like fifteen might be the most. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think that's the thing. I think I think you go to go to the most. Tell some kind of like weird end game story because I think that's the only thing that they can do now is kind of like end the story in a way that kind of like is believable and and like it doesn't have to make people happy but it's just believable for the gang. I feel like that's the only thing, the only challenge that's left for them, and I don't need any more. There's there's enough episodes and there's a like so I feel like it would be nice to like see a show end its run. Um, and not pull some Simpson shit. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, keep going. Like, and especially with the way that Charlie Day has evolved in movies. Yeah, he's a movie star. Yeah, now. yeah. My man's doing things. Yeah, and Glenn's getting more roles too. And I'm sure Rob, as a writer, would probably want another challenge. The, the, I would be interested to see him do more things. Yeah, like personally, yeah. I think he's great for this show, but he's clearly a great comedic voice. I would love to see him mm. do other stuff. Yeah, and I think he could pull off something else entirely. I think he's. Maybe more behind the scenes, and not to say because I think unfortunately the thing about Mac is, Rob. I mean, I think Rob could be a good writer or producer. I'm not saying he could be another character, but you th- unfortunately Rob's Mac's Mac, you know. Mm-hmm. And like if you put him anywhere else, I think it'd be kind of hard to pull off. Whereas uh, Glenn and Charlie have been able to do things differently. 
where Charlie's just kind of like a smarter version or like a slightly weird version of other things he does in movies. Right. Same thing with Kate Ol- or Caitlin Olsen. Um, I think for Mac or for excuse me for Rob, I think he will be good somewhere else. It's just well, let's just at least in my opinion. Yeah, I'd yeah. be interested to see. Yeah, it would be nice. Like even if they like if they break up as a band and they come back together and they do something different and they try like that's the only thing I can think of is like maybe them trying to pivot and do something right. Do like go Trailer Park Boys and do like a fucking cartoon. You can uh, sure. You yeah. can try to do something else, but I feel like it's it's time for them to kind of like be able to kind of move on past these these characters and kind of do something kind of fresh. I think they all can too, which is yeah. why I think that's why I want it. I'm more excited to see what all of these people can do past this show. Yeah, because you've shown me what you can do with this show, and while it is commendable, I'm interested to see more. Yeah, except for Danny, like Danny DeVito. Well, Danny DeVito's had a whole career. Yeah, like, exactly. And so, God bless him. You know yeah, what I mean. This is a good, nice little uh, fucking bookend for him. Sure. Yeah. So to bookend the show. Uh, let's let's end with our final impressions. So we we started where we started. We're ending where we end. Devon still underrated. Oh yeah, I, I'll always think that it's underrated. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh it's a show it's a show that's never won any awards, but it's really done a good job of like not jumping the shark. So that's that's where I, that's where I stand with it. Roger, I will also still stand with underrated. I still think that. This is a show that in five or ten years people will talk about one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. It, it will get more higher praise after it's over because they've done things, even like the little things. They did a cover of a magazine where they did the replacements, Let It Be, and I feel, I, I want to get that poster. It's one of my favorite cool Is that why? Is that all this was? Is this all a backdoor way to, for you to be able to mention the replacements in this yeah, show? Yeah, absolutely. It was the You're most obscure, shameless. Yeah, <laughs> obscure way to mention the, the replacements. I think the show will get more run by the general public later on. I, not to say it's not getting enough. Right. You know, it's, like, it's a good syndicated show. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to be in the same vein, per se, as Seinfeld, because it's a, little, a lot darker. However, I think people like the, the stand-up comedians out there who right now are probably like the Seinfelds of the world will look at this a little differently, because I think there's a distinctive difference between this and stand-up comedy, and those stand-up comedians kind of kind of brush it off like, oh, it's, it's not that, versus... I think it'll be appreciated later. Okay. Uh, I will I will say that after having gone through extensive viewing of this show over the past month or so prior to recording, and from what I already knew about the show and what I did like, I have moved my opinion from overrated to slightly fairly rated. I I am not going to say that it is a show that I can watch all the time because I cannot. I will just admit flat out. That yelling. I can't do more than like three <laughs> episodes at a time before I'm like, no, this is too much. But even though I did it, like I would watch three episodes at a time and quit for a few hours. I, I was surprised at the actual, the depth of the depth of the storytelling that I think I was not paying attention to when I was watching it just casually and actually forcing myself to watch some of this. I found a lot more of the times that I was actually kind of impressed at like the, the level of comedy and the, what they were able to get out of situations. Yeah, I don't want to use the word sophistication, okay. but I know it, it's kind of what I'm implying, like the a level of craft that the, yeah, the show, the show. I don't know if the show gets enough credit for, of being able to deftly handle the situations that they handle in ways that I've, I was often surprised they did so well. Like, I think I underrated the show's ability to be able to tackle all these subjects without ever making it, like, without ever making it parody or without ever making it, like, too mean like the actual delicate subjects and the not ones with the episodes that are just crazy episodes they're all pretty good like right. they managed to stand their ground in a way that i'm really impressed by so in watching it again like i just 
I'm impressed that everybody is so fucking funny. Like, legitimately, that's what it boils down to. Like, this cast is incredible, and I think I underrated that. So, all things being said, yeah, I moved to fair. So, it's happened. Awesome. I changed my mind. We won, guys. <laughs> someone's, someone's, someone's gone. Hmm. That's all we can ask for. And that, that's literally all we ask for. That is, if this show is anything to the listener, if this show is anything, it is, it is the hope that you re-examine. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you to go watch this whole show. I want you to go watch the gang dances their asses off. I did tell you that. Yeah. I won't back off on that. No, but do that. I want, I just want people to maybe recontextualize how they feel about these things. And if you don't want to, that's fine. But consider that it's possible is all I ever ask anybody. So yeah, with that being said, I guess we can just move into the end of the show. So. Devon, thank you so much for being here, man. This oh, was I excellent. Loved it, man. I loved it. I had a great time. Um, let me know next time you guys want to talk about like the OC or, La- or Laguna Beach. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm here I, for dude, it. I am here um, for the OC. You do not even know. Yeah, tr- trust me, man. I'm a huge Sandy Cohen <laughs> fan. Um, that's my next tattoo. So, oh. so for sure. But I loved it. Um, anyone that wants to check out soccer and some yes, fringe, plug your stuff fringe in, bear conspiracy talk, come check out the set piece. <laughs> We're on Sports Radio Detroit. You can find us on Twitter uh, at, at the set piece 16. Um, yeah, I had a great time, man. Excellent. We are super glad you came. Roger, is there anything you would like to plug before I move to the end of the show proper? Uh, well, the season's coming to, uh, to an end. So if you are interested in baseball, all things Tiger baseball, just go to TigersMinorLeagueReport.com. And then, of course, Check out us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitchler. I think we're at iHeartRadio right now, maybe. I don't know. Google Play Podcast. Whatever you listen to, find podcasts. And uh, please make sure you give us a review. Write us up. We appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. We've been getting a couple more reviews recently in the last few months. And so we appreciate that. Hey, man, thanks. I definitely would, to piggyback off of that, um, I think in no small part, we should thank the people at Make Fun Network, yes. which is where we are broadcasting this from or to or however you want to. We're not broadcasting shit. This is recorded. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, please come and join the conversation there. Uh, check us out on the, at the Facebook group at Make Fun Network and then, um, you know, look us up on Twitter. We have our own Twitter handle at Over Under Fair and then Make Fun Network also on Twitter and email us with suggestions or feedback and stuff at overunderfairpod at gmail.com. And come and join the conversation, man. Like we're and like our Facebook page too, please. Yes, please do that. And like all of the Facebook pages for all of the wonderful shows that make fun. The yes. This rules. This sucks. Top five of death and anachronismo. So speaking for over under fair and everybody here, I have been Dave. This has been over under fair, and we'll see you again next time. We go down the sewer, and first thing we do is to preserve our clothes. We take take our clothes off. We get totally naked because you don't want to get wet. We ball our clothes up, we stick them up someplace high. There's this waitress who Charlie's in love with, and uh, I banged her. Charlie got really upset when I banged the waitress. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. She was a nice piece of ass. We don't know who you're talking about. Charlie, he's my buddy. We sleep together. We hang out together. Once I pooped in the bed. I blamed it on him. (laughs) One time the guys got hooked on crack. It was really crazy. Well, they found a baby in a dumpster. They wanted to make some money with the baby, but nobody would buy the baby because it was white. They sort of had to turn it brown. We were fighting over the sword, and just about when we were about to hit each other with the sword, social services came in. We thought we were killing the baby. <laughs> I don't understand this talk. Charlie wrote this musical. Oh, man, it was really funny. I play a troll on the musical. Troll? Yeah, and it's called The Nightman Cometh. I can sing you my song if you like. Uh, you gotta, you gotta pay the troll toll to get into this boy's hole. Yeah, I kept saying, yeah, uh, uh, pay to get in. I was saying, 